Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of the The ability to be authentically yourself is a superpower. It makes people feel more comfortable around you and gravitate towards you because there is a certain solidness or realness about you that people can latch onto. This is a concept that 100% applies in music as well, and in particular rap, which is a type of music that is heavily based on the listener caring about the artist's personality and character, not just their technical skill. It's a very first-person persona-built genre. Although it certainly is nice when both the skill and the authenticity can match up, which is precisely the case we get with Portland rapper Milk. Milk is one of the most talented and genuinely funny rappers out right now, who is making an increasingly large mark on the game who is joining the show today to talk about how he injects personality into his music and the makings of his two recent records from 2023, Horseradish and The Fish That Saved Portland. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth artist interviews, album reviews, and general rap commentary on the best that the underground rap scene has to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. How you doing today, Milk? I'm doing good. A little hungover, but... Got my coffee, got my Gatorade. That's good, man. You know, we're a podcast that cares about mental health. So I'm glad you're feeling okay. And I do want to check in, though. How are you coping with the loss of of Dame? Honestly, I thought I was doing good until I saw him play the other day. Oh, at yeah. Milwaukee. Like, I like had a crazy, a little crazy little bit of a, uh, moment because i really thought i didn't give a fuck and then i watched that game and it was kind of like watching your ex-girlfriend just flourish in an, incre- in an incredible way but i was rooting for him too so that's another thing like like it was very a lot of feelings but i'm okay i you know i'm I'm now past it seeing him in the uniform that horrible disgusting green milwaukee mm-hmm. bucks uniform but i'm past it now i'm okay i'm i'm, I'm doing fine that's good that's good. I'm happy to hear that. He did drop 40 on his opening day, or 39, I think. 39, yeah. Was. It looked incredible, but yeah, I'm doing good. <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you here. Been a big fan since I heard uh, Neutral Milk Motel. And I have to say, like, once your music clicked, it, it really clicked for me. And I think I was maybe a little later in the game than some others. Um, but, you know, I immediately started bumping your shit nonstop because... I feel like your style reminded me of some of my other kind of like favorite rappers out there, like uh, Eminem, Macklemore, Yellow Wolf, Parts of Logic, Parts of Drake. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but for real, I'm just excited to chop it I'm up. I'm too hungover over for you to, to do that right now. To drop the white rapper <laughs> shit you didn't even notice? <laughs> Once I heard Logic, I was like, oh, he's tripping. He's playing, he's playing, he's fucking with me. I, I mean, I did. I have to say, I, did, I have liked some Eminem. I have not. <laughs> People I don't try think to I back like they don't like Eminem, like they never like. Somebody just said that the other day to me, like they never liked Eminem. I was like, "Bitch, you're lying." In two thousand one, two thousand two, 
Yeah, after Eminem show was where the demarcation is for me because Eminem shows are some great shit on there. I love yeah, till I relax or till I collapse. I mean Eminem shows tight. Yeah. Superman's always my favorite, favorite song on there. But you know, you've got a really dope yet simple rap name. And I'm wondering, is there like a more significant backstory to that? Or is it just like a simple play on the fact that you are indeed a white rapper? I've always wondered. <laughs> well, I've been rapping a long time. I just know, like, yeah, it's just just because it's basically just because I'm a white rapper. But like, I've been rapping so long that like, I probably started rapping when I was like ten or nine or ten years old. So it's like, uh, you know, back in the day, like, if you were like the white boy in the hood, they would call you like Casper or Ghost or Milk or some shit like that. So it's like, it's just, it's just off that bullshit. And I should have changed my name a million times, but. Like, just everybody starts calling you it, like, in my neighborhood and shit like that. It's hard to, yeah, I can't shake it. It's just with me now. I have to give up on it. I'm changing my name ever. It's a good name. I think, and you got the little, the little like, alter, the alternate names, like Leche, Blanco. Like yeah, it, yeah. It, it works out. It, it ends up being nice. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you. I try to, whoa, I forgot to have this around my neck. Uh, Is that the yeah. costume? Yeah, part of the slick ick cost costume. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm trying to appreciate it. It's just hard when you've had it since you're ten years old. Mm-hmm. And you know, talk to me about the the hip hop scene in your your hometown of Portland. That that Northwest scene, I'd say, is not necessarily known for its hip hop to outsiders, but there's definitely been a bubbling scene growing over there. Um, so tell me, how did your surroundings shape your you know, your musical tastes and inspire you to actually pursue being a rapper. For sure, yeah. I would say Portland, like, in the Northwest, kind of in general, we're kind of in, like, a little bit of, like, no man's land up here, a little bit. Like, we're kind of, like, stuck in a corner, kind of doing our own thing <laughs> without anybody really, until, like, kind of as of late. But, like, nobody's really paying attention or giving a fuck about it. Which is tight in a way because you get to be like, I got to have a whole career as a local rapper before mm-hmm. anybody knew me on the internet or knew who I like. You know, if you come to my city, you know, I'm like, I'm like a, a rapper, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I get to, I get to, I got to like be on stage a bunch and uh, put out projects that nobody gave a fuck about and shit like that. You know, but still like get praise and shit like that. But it's just my little. It's just in my city, my little corner of the of the of the country and of the yeah. But it's uh, Portland's honestly Portland and Seattle too. I'll speak for Seattle. Both just got a ton of talent. Honestly, like both cities just have a ton of people who who deserve to be recognized, but I just think it's a little harder mm-hmm. where we are geographically and everything. I like kind of like, I kind of like the fact that there's not a, it is kind of no man's land to where like, I don't really know what to expect a lot when I hear a rapper is from Portland or Seattle, like you said, I just kind of know it'll be something I'm not expecting. Yeah. Like ours, like suede, of course, like, definitely frequent collaborator of yours televangels as well like it's a I, I always tend to find those rappers to be quite unique yeah i think you can kind of 
you don't have like like if you're from the bay somebody's expecting you to be a yeah. certain way if you're from new york somebody might expect you to be some type of way but yeah we don't have any like we can just yeah do what we're trying to do uh i will say portland is like heavily influenced by the bay though like we think we're part of oakland basically <laughs> but i mean like I- i'm thinking you know you guys are kind of like you got that swagger of the bay but you got like the cold like the weather's not the same so you guys kind of got that grit of like more east coast kind of leaning music too I- I think we're finally understanding to 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 try to um, sound like our city, Portland and Seattle. Like, there's more music coming out of both those places that sound more like how the city looks and feels. For a while, Seattle was doing a bunch of Macklemore horse shit, or like trying to make like this like horse like I don't know quasi frat rap bullshit i don't know what they were doing up there but but anyway <laughs> i think now we're starting to understand like yeah like i was saying like trying to trying to have our own kind of spin on things yeah frat rap's crazy i like sometimes i forget that that was a thing and i was I like I... I was in high school when that shit popped up i think god damn like mac miller i'm 28 uh, okay we're so I was like, our middle, yeah, like mid, late middle school, early high school. Yeah, that's when Mac like, Miller was. I could have been a frat that. rapper. I was a bad, I was one bad mistake away from being a frat rapper, pretty much. <laughs> I never went to college, so that probably. That probably helped you. That probably, yeah, like, yeah. honestly, not going to college probably helped your career big time. It helped you in a lot of other ways, probably. Yeah, well, who knows? Yeah, but yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Frat rap was interesting. What an interesting time. Poke in the cup, look like Ecto Cooler. Off Teslas with Petro movers. Hair slicked back like Gordon Gecko. Jordan Retro losers. The Bubba Fecko crucial. The Petco Super. Move through the Metro. Esco and the XL Uber. Refresh your computer. Better protect your future. The rest don't matter. Better check your jeweler. Crempo dollar. Got money. Make the set go stupid. Wrist on glow like techno groupies pop up box trucks like West Coast movies. You know, every time I've I a single time I've heard you on record, one thing that I've always loved is that you just really effortlessly like exude cool. Like you just seem like you're having fun, you're comfortable in your own skin. And I wonder, is that something that you've kind of always felt, you know, growing up, or was this something that you really needed to develop over time? I would say uh, I just figured out how to, like, this is also, this is, by the way, not me calling myself cool, but (laughs) (laughs) I would say I just, like, figured out recently kind of how to, like, put more of my personality into the music. And I think that's when it started, like, clicking for me a little bit. Before I was kind of trying to do... I was in a group when I was younger and then I stopped rapping for like a few years. I'm also a lot, I'm older than I think people realize a lot of the time, but no, it was, it, uh, that's something that's like recent was me like being able to implement like my personality more into my music, like, and just talk shit, like how I talk shit with my homies and shit like that. And then putting that on to record. And I think that's been a big thing for me is like figuring out 
how to put my personality more into the the music that I make. Yeah, that's huge. And it's not easy, right? Like, because yeah, when I listen to your music, it's like you're you're talking shit, but you're still doing it with like a lyrical flair and like a flow, like rapper shit. But it's it's got that authenticity that I could have just heard that heard you just roasting someone at a party or something. Yeah, and I think and I think that's a yeah, I think I think all that takes a while, right? Like trying to find your voice or whatever in music, because I think we spend a, a lot of our time trying to like emulate people or or keep up with trends or whatever bullshit like that. But like, yeah, I think once I got older left, that's just been easier and easier for me to do. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like I think that kind of comfortability in who you are is really good, especially because like I find with a lot of I guess I'll call it like there's like something that I've I've noticed called like the white rapper syndrome where like white rappers tend to overindulge in like one of two things. They either try to indulge in the fact that they're really hard and street or they rap. And the part that's maybe even worse is like they overindulge in the fact that they don't fit in and that they're like smarter and they just, I'm sorry, I don't sell drugs. That shit is low key. So racist and strange and whack. And Macklemore did some of that, like not as bad, but he kind of like, did that like i'm too good for this shit and oh, yeah. did, i just yeah. i don't he feel like you did that yeah like you don't fall victim to any of that you're just very comfortable in being you and i love that and like i mean you fucking you call yourself yakubian on the new <laughs> album like that's crazy that is a crazy statement <laughs> yeah i got a lot of messages about that lot uh, <laughs> yeah i mean again i think that just comes with me being a little older now also sometimes people want me to like show a little bit more of like you know who i am outside and like what i do but see that's just not like uh i can't that's not fun to me though like rap to me like rap just has i have to have fun while i do this shit i have to i have to like i have to be having a good time and all yeah they're like the, the white rappers that want to be like what I'm doing is elevated. Like I never want to have fans that aren't hip hop heads. I want people that love yeah. rap shit to love me. Like I don't really want, and I don't care like how nerdy or insane you get with it. Like I that that's who I want to be my fan. I don't really want to not have hip hop heads be fans of me. Like I'm not concerned. Like I I'm speaking the language of rap like like i'm having a conversation with my famous rappers like every time i rap like so if uh, yeah it would be an impossibility for me to be like yo i want some other shit i want some hamilton bullshit or whatever like <laughs> you know what i mean milk manuel miranda here <laughs> no, no, like dog what i'm doing and i think like even in this kind of scene that we're all kind of participating in. I don't know how to call it, what what to call it or what it is exactly yet, but I think I'm the most basic fucking tooth and nail rapper out of most people. Like, I'm not really doing anything different. Like, I'm, like, just a straight through and through rapid-ass rapper. Like, and that makes me feel good knowing that, honestly. <laughs> honestly, like, the you say that, that's actually is kind of unique, though, because at least in this space, whatever, again, I don't know how to call it really either, but 
most people are doing something different. Like either it's something really experimental with the sound. Maybe it's like a weird rap delivery or it's like maybe the content is like fucking really out there and like abstract and shit, which I love all that to be clear. I'm a huge fan of that, but there also aren't like there's either people when the more traditional rappers is usually people who are like the more straightforward boom bap and I don't know. They they're part of a particular style of rap that I think has been done like a million times where you're kind of like I don't know, it's different because you have the humor to it, you have the personality to it. It's just very like singular, I feel, even though it is to your point, it's not like you're doing anything that hasn't been done, but that's not really what you're trying to do either. No. I mean, I just want to be like as corny as it sounds, like I just want to be nice. You know what I'm saying? Like I just I got into this to be nice. And like people to be like, yo, he's dope. Like he gets busy. So that's always something that like I bring with me to the to the music and to everything that I do. Like I really just wanted to be good at this shit. Like, you know, no matter no matter that's like my bottom line, really. It's like you know, I think I'm pretty good. Like, damn, I killed that verse. Like, that felt good. You know what I'm saying? So, so that's why I think I am a little more, you know, traditional in that sense. It's like, like, and all, you know. But yeah, thank you for telling me that I'm uh, still doing my own thing a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you you are. Yes, yeah, so you know, on the note of like being self-aware in a way, I think it allows you to you know be funny, be self-deprecating. But I, what I like is that you definitely don't go past that like certain point to where you come off as like a rapper who's like a joke rapper who's like oh, oh it's yeah, funny yeah. because they're like a fool where no like you ma- you balance this with like some perspective on real life things and just really obvious sharp lyricism. So is there a rapper that served as a bit of a blueprint for you or as like a big main influence for your style of rap that you aspire to to kind of do? I would say like. Uh, Sean Price was like a really That's big a influence on me. I kind of like changed how I thought about rap when I heard him. I heard Open Mike Eagle say this once about Sean Price, like right after he died, that like uh, Sean Price is like a fearless writer. Like he'll he'll say anything bad about himself that's happening, anything bad about like his record label or management that's how you know what i mean like he's fearless like he's not afraid to say the worst thing about him at that time that's happening you know what i mean and uh yeah like like that he was he was and also on top of that he's an incredible rapper (laughs) like just like as far as that so he he's like a heavy influence but there's a ton of other people, you know, everybody, anybody else would be like, everybody would say who I, who else I would say. <laughs> like, Well, Sean Price is interesting because like, I think, I mean, I've always been a big fan of his, but I think since jo- starting this podcast a couple of years ago now, like I've been surprised maybe how much people in this space really love Sean Price and see him as like a really big, important influence in their in their kind of development as an artist. I would say it's disproportionate to, I think, the love he gets outside of like hip hop head circles, which is yeah. interesting. I don't know, because like obviously you got the people outside of that. They're like, oh, Jay-Z or, you know, big artists, obviously. But Sean Price, like everybody 
loves this guy. And I think it's all for the reasons that authenticity, that fearlessness. And I just find that really interesting. Yeah. I think it's, well, like a lot of people or around our age, like Sean Price had that second win, right? Like in like 2005, 2006. I think a lot of us were getting more into like underground rap maybe at that time Mm -hmm. in our lives. And he was kind of like one of the like main forefront of people to like get underground rap going again a little bit. Yeah, that's so true. He was like an, he was one of the, Pie, like not pioneers like he was just one of the at the forefront of like the antithesis of the mainstream at that point like to the point where he makes a track called fake neptune song right like yeah that, i love that shit yeah that, yeah even that right there that shit cracks me up but uh yeah and a lot of people you know they they rightfully so give like rock marciano and people like that their props but rock marciano got popping because of a remix that sean price did over snow not popping but like you know like sean price stamped rock marciano like early in the thing and i think yeah he like this new resurgence or renaissance or whatever that's happening like he plays a huge part of it i think as well as like doom and rock marciano Mm -hmm. and everybody but i think sean price is definitely a huge part of what everything we're doing i also think i hear like some wayne in you just in terms of like how how out there you'll get with the funny shit but also, again, being like a really good lyricist. That's what always yeah. like Wayne really pushed the envelope, sometimes too far for sure. Like a lot of times too far, but he had a great, you know, he had like a, he was a prolific with the the funny shit. There was a huge amount of corn, but then a huge amount of like, damn, that's, that's awesome. You know? I still feel that way about him. Like I still like, like to this day, like I'll hear a Wayne where I'm like, wow, that was crazy. And then you hear a bunch of bullshit, but then you hear another verse. It's like, oh man, wow, that was crazy. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I don't think I, I, I don't think about uh, Wayne in that way with me, but he was definitely like the biggest rapper the whole time I was in high school. Lil Wayne mm-hmm. was the biggest rapper on earth. So I think, yeah, like, I, yeah, I can see that too. And you know, something I key on, uh key on in uh with you and put a decent amount of weight behind is that is what other artists say about a given peer of theirs and with you i feel so often people go out of the way to big you up like i remember we did the rmpp listening party for the new arm and hammer and castro curly castro joined us and i don't know why your your name came up or something and yeah. he just was like, oh, man, he's so dope. He's so funny. He's a great guy, great rapper. And I feel like I just hear that often people like really have great things to say about you other rappers. So like how welcomed have you felt within this current scene of music and rap? Oh, man, I think I had like the easiest introduction. Everybody's like very. However, I like. I think it was mostly swayed and televangel. But like, like getting in this world and this scene with those two, like, yeah, man, I've 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 got shown nothing but love, and it's been fucking dope. Like, I was just thinking the other day, like, with Castro and like Zilla Rocka, people like that that just like talk about me in front of like bigger artists and shit like that, and like bring my name up and shit. It's, I feel very welcome. Yeah, I feel very welcome, and it's just uh, I'm lucky. Like I'm, mean, you know, I, you know, you want you want that respect from your peers, and I'm glad to like have that. Yeah, and you know, 
one of the uh, albums you dropped this year I want to get into before we talk about your latest uh, yeah. is Horseradish, fully produced by Golden Beats. I think this album needs more years because immediately when I first heard it, it just kind of smacks you in the face. There's so much like energy, momentum. It has, by the way, an incredible album cover. Like, Hell yeah, so shout out to just, my boy Flick, my cousin Slick. Yeah, the sound is just so bold and I think puts you in a different chamber than what Televangel has put you on. So, you know, like first let's start with like the instrumentals. Like what drew you to the sound that Golden Beats was was making for that album? I think like first and foremost, I'm the type of dude where I can't really have you like send me a pack of beats that I make a project with you. I have to know you. I have to see mm. you. I want to, I want to, if possible, I want us in the same studio while I'm recording it. And Golden is just dope. Like he just has a ton of dope beats. He, we've been like, you know, this is like that project had been in the works without us actually working on it for like two years. He moved to Portland and I got to know him better. And then, yeah, like he's definitely has like a, his own unique style and shit like that. And, you know, he got me to maybe rap on some shit I wouldn't have normally rapped on, but yeah, I just, his beats are just dope. That's what drives me to it. I mean, they're, they're just fire. Like it's fun to record with him. He's just a, he's yeah. He had, he had a little setup in his little fucking very minimal setup in his apart at his uh, studio apartment at the time. And I, we just recorded the whole thing probably in a week or something like that. Yeah. There's a really great like sense of momentum to that album. And, Man, some of these, yeah, some of these beats and like even the features that you got here were huge. And I feel like everybody just brought such a great energy. Like that big kahuna feature, the ugly oh, Franklin. Yeah, insane. Frank, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah, he 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 kind of did all that. Like he kind of picked the features, reached out to people. That was like all him mostly. But yeah, no, I had a I had a lot of fun making that album. Like, uh, there's a song and the last song, MTV, it's like one of my favorite joints I've ever done. It's just, and uh, I don't think I would have made that without uh, Gold there being like, no, come on, you know what I mean? Like, kind of egging me on to like do my bullshit. So, yeah, shout out to Golden Man, he's super dope. He's got a hell, he's got a ton of dope shit coming in 2024 mm -hmm. that I think surprise people, yeah. And Rich Jones is the perfect kind of like cherry on top to that. To that track oh fucking rich jones mm -hmm. another great guy i love rich uh actually will pop up on you that's what's dope about rich he'll actually come to your city and bother you and tell you to go to get food with you and make you eat mushrooms shout out to rich bro <laughs> that sounds like a great sounds like a great day man that guy yeah. knows his food too that guy knows his food oh my god i you know i don't know how he doesn't have Diabetes, but yes, he does love his food. I'm See the bread in his pocket full of lettuce. Face like a tomato, no pig. This a BLT. If it's not loud, hit it with the MSG. Oh man. Okay, let's get into the fish that saved Portland. So 
you know a few days before the album dropped officially you you gave uh you you distributed this like a published this love letter to portland that was posted on instagram and yeah. it it really showed that this album seemed centered significantly around you know your story around living in portland the good the bad and why you ultimately love the town so much so why was it important to shine such a strong light on your on your hometown with this this new record I think I heard one podcast talk about me once and they said he's from Portland, but you know, it's not that big of a deal or whatever. And it, it wasn't just that podcast, but it's like, nah, man, like I am like every, almost every, I'm so referential to Portland, like, like and a lot of, to my detriment, maybe like, like I'm such a localized human being that like, I always, you know, I'm just talking about, what's in front of me and what's going on around me and that's happens to always be Portland because that's where I'm born and raised and never left really um and I think this album you know entering this this scene and this new world I mean like I just wanted it to be known like I'm Portland like through and through like I'm a northy I'm if I'm really not much other than a shit talking white boy from northeast Portland like that's really what I am and who I am so it's like I'll always, you know, wave the flag for Portland. It's just, it's just who I am and what I am. And I think like, I'm not no internet person. Like I'm not an internet rapper. I didn't come up on the internet. I came up outside of my city. My, my city loves me. Like people in my city, like, and, and uh, like, that's a big deal to me. Like, I, like that I'm not just like, you can come to my city and they're going to know me. Like if you walked around with me in Portland, fools would cut, you know what I mean? Like, and I, and uh, I'm not trying to brag, but it just means a lot to me. Like that, the, the Portland just, yeah, it, it means a lot to me. Yeah. What do, what do you think people get wrong or maybe don't know about Portland that they should? Man. You know, Portland kind of has, you know, weird stigmas to it, like politically or uh, like the Portlandia bullshit. I don't know if you're familiar with the television. I I actually, funny enough, the reason I know about that isn't because of like firsthand watching that was because, are you familiar with Tim Heidecker? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you familiar with Bill Maher? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see the Tim Heidecker spoof of Bill Maher's podcast? No, but that sounds oh my like, God. Gotta... Like, if you ever saw the Rogan one he did, that was like a three, like an hour long oh. thing. Yeah, it's like that. He does like a 30 minute. The Rogan one. And he yeah. has the guy from Portlandia, like the real actor in. Oh, and he does okay. like a whole spoof for 40 minutes. It is phenomenal. And they talk about Portlandia and the whole time he's like, yeah, you know, Portlandia, you really stuck it to the woke mob. He's like, I don't know if that's what the show was advice. Nah, come on, shut the fuck up. Come on. You know, that's it was just it's just being yeah. so antagonistic. Anyways, continue. Everybody yeah, I want to go on record of saying fuck Bill Maher. And yeah, fuck Bill Maher, man. <laughs> but anyway, uh yeah, I mean, you know, I think but I'm not I'm not necessarily mad when people get Portland wrong because there is a side of Portland that is like all that bullshit people talk about it. That's definitely a real thing. I just I just think like being from here and growing up here, you have a little different reality than of like transplants to move into your city. But that's like anywhere you go, New York, LA, the Bay, you know, people that are born and raised there have a little chip on their shoulder about, you know, people coming into their city and Maybe they like have a different world 
live in a different world than you in your own city. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Portland, I think Portland is so complex. It is so, and so much is going on. I couldn't even like be mad at anybody for whatever their slice or how they think about Portland is, you know? I just, in my shit, I just describe my Portland. You know what I mean? But yeah, so, yeah. But it does sound based on like that point you made at the beginning about uh, that podcast or those podcasts that I mentioned Portland as being like kind of an irrelevant fact to to listening to you or listening to hip hop period. I think that's the thing you want to change. Like, no, just like if someone's yeah. from New York, you kind of make assumptions and it's a, and it's part of the understanding of a New York artist or Brooklyn artist like New York is like the opposite, right? Like it's not even New York, right? There's like Queensbridge, there's boroughs. Boroughs mean something. And to yeah. say like an entire city is like, ah, whatever, he's from Portland. Who cares? Let's see yeah. what he, yeah. Nah, yeah, that's the, yeah, I'm definitely a Portland. Like, honestly, like fools think I'm very singular or whatever, but like that, but if you met like my homies and shit like that, you they're just like me. They just don't rap. <laughs> like they dress like me talk like me walk like me you know everybody is like yeah they, they you know portland is yeah i love portland man that's that's this is just the truth like as much as i have disagreements and you you know you're critical over what you love or whatever but yeah portland is a huge part of me and, and what i do creatively at all times and and so this marks the second album you've made with televangel uh, fantastic producer, uh, one part of Blue Sky, Blue Sky, Black Death back in the day. Um, what makes his style of production so special to you, and like what, and I guess different than other producers you've worked with? First of all, I was a big Blue Sky, Black Death fan. Well, I was a big Nacho Picasso fan. Nice. You know, on their first little run, like ten years ago. At this point, I guess over ten years. So I always had like, I think he saw me open for uh, Arm and Hammer. But actually, he didn't even like me. His wife told told him to work with me. Uh, Televangel's wife or Nacho Picasso? Yeah, Televangel's oh, wife. Oh, shit. Nice. She, she was like, you should work with him. He's funny. That was his... <laughs> <laughs> that was her pitch. And uh, he came up to me and said, what's up, after the show. What's, what's crazy is his production, like, you record and then the beat changes so drastically. It's not like I go pick the beats. You know what I mean? Like I'm rapping over, sometimes I'm rapping over a loop with no drums or just some, a weird couple bits of the beat. And then he morphs the beat around what I do, which I think is a produce. That's a real producer. That's not a beat maker. That's like somebody that's really making music. Like, you know, and he's kind of made me a, I don't know. People have been sending me beats lately and I just don't give a fuck about them. <laughs> <laughs> like he's kind of fucked me up, like as far as musically goes, because he just takes what I do and then just makes it so much bigger and better. And and uh, sonically so much more interesting than like rapping over like a normal like boom bat loop or just four bar loop or whatever. Now it just isn't like like I can no longer it no longer like interests me because he's like ruined me in that way. <laughs> but anyway, Televangel is very dope, and his beats are always fire. And he's a yeah, he's a master of sound. Yeah, it reminds me of what LP's been known for doing, right? Like he's been known for taking uh, 
yeah, taking whatever the wrapper wrapped over and then just splicing it up a million different ways to where like it's a completely different beat when it's released. That's like yeah. a real producer shit. Yeah. I remember I heard that Dilla had Slum Village just rapping over a metronome. Wow. And then building the beat around them rapping over like the BPM of the metronome. But yeah, not uh yeah, Televangel's crazy. And you know, I feel like in general, this is a a very complete uh body of work. I like the sequencing in particular. Obviously, the rapping and production is great too. And it feels just like an overall level up from an album that I did already like a lot in Neutral Milk Hotel, a uh, Mutual Milk Motel. So how do you feel you've grown from that project to fish? I think me and Ian just got closer as homies and as me and Televangel just got closer as like friends and like people, like our girls hang out and shit like that. Like our girls know each other. Like, like we, we just, so just that helps music. Like just knowing the person that you're making music with, like on a deeper level than just besides music, it always just going to make the music better. Uh, I don't know if I've personally grown that much like in the, in the 11 months time. I mean, a lot has happened, but I think just like, I think what you're hearing and what people are hearing is just like us figuring each other out more, pause, just trying to like, you know, just trying to like, we're just become friends, honestly. Like we become homies, like close homies over the course of the album. Like, and if we did a behind the music of what had happened and transpired during this album, people would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why? What, like, what happened? I mean, I don't want to get into it, but like, you know, the police was at his door looking for me and shit like that while I had to wiggle out of Portland. But like, just like, we just became real good friends over, you know, in between that time. And I think that show I'm able to, I think with Neutral Milk Motel, I was just trying to be like, oh, I'm a good rapper. like. That was like a big part of that album, I think. And with this one, I was like, I'm trying to make good music more. Like, I'm trying to make some shit. I'm not trying to prove that I can rap. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I can hear that. I think that makes the music better. And another thing I loved about the record were the features, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, you got Nacho Picasso, as you mentioned. And I think particularly that... Uh, you got Suede, uh, Nacho, and and Old Grape God in particular really murked their placements. Like, God damn, they really gave you some like A one level material. Yeah, I really hope. I mean, yeah, Grape God's like a close homie of mine. He's very dope. I hope I hope people start getting more in tune with what he's got going on. Yeah, he killed it. That was so he had a hilarious. His verse is amazing. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, and then Nacho has that like line about the the red table. You need healing. <laughs> and I like his Ben Diesel little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's no, it, they it both killed it. Uh, yeah, I, it was. It must be really. It must feel really good to be able to kind of get such such established names and such talented names to to kind of contribute to your work like that. Going back yeah. to that peer and respect uh, point. Yeah, I think I'm lucky in that way. Like, fools are willing to work with me just off the strength that they think I'm good at what, pretty good at what I do. And Ian, you know, Ian Televangel kind of has his own little universe, right? With me, Slade, 
Nacho, uh, Sanat Sleep. Uh, like he kind of is like building his own little world. And I kind of want to continue to do music with those people because they're they understand it all. And like I want to be like we're like the Marvel universe of television mm-hmm. or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like I need Sway to come make a cameo, and, and I, you know what I mean. Like every time I do something with uh, Televangel. Yeah, it's the Televangel cinematic universe. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. And so, what? Before we wrap up, like, are there any upcoming projects or merch or tour dates that you want to shout out that we should be aware uh, of? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess by the time this comes out, the pre-order for the vinyl that we're doing with Zilla Rock, Zilla Rock, a $3 oh, sure. pistol. So the fish will be on vinyl. And I think we'll actually have some merch as well, like some sweatshirts, hoodies, sure. excuse me, hoodies. And uh, we got a little secret EP that's kind of like, it's not a secret, but it's like it's like we have six more joints that were kind of left off the album, but not because they weren't dope. It's just like it was kind of recorded like right after the album and we couldn't put them on the the fish. But mm-hmm. I think I'm, I think we're calling that the last fish EP and uh, that'll be out on uh, what's that big camp Friday, November, the, la- the first Friday of November nice to grab and it'll come out on streaming probably like a month or two later what else i got yeah i mean i mean i got i got a show in portland but you know i don't know (laughs) fuck it november 18th (laughs) yeah it'll be out it'll be out before then yeah november 16th excuse me wonder ballroom if you're in portland the 12 people that listen to this podcast from portland come out (laughs) Uh, I yeah, hope there's the more than 12 by now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Wonder Ballroom. Dope. And then outside of the EP, is there anything else to expect maybe next year? Yeah, I got a project with uh, this dude named Andy Savoy, who's a producer who I did a joint with called Windbreaker. Mm. We got a new project out. Or we got a new project coming. First single with AJ, or not AJ Swim. First single with Fly Anakin, ooh, coming at the top, probably coming at the top of the year. That's high. Yeah, that's high. You and Fly Anakin, that's a good combination. Yeah, I should send you. I should send you that joint. Actually, oh, you should. You should. Yeah, Yeah, that's exciting. That's exciting. I'm happy that it's going on vinyl. I know people are gonna be hyped for that. Yeah, the fish will be on vinyl. Yeah, thank God. We've had many vinyl troubles. Yeah. Um, I needed Zilla Rocka. That's my that's my rap older brother. He's got he's got he's he's really good at taking care of all those things. Like his, yeah. his marketing mind, you know, he's good at that. So I am not. I am not good at taking care of these things. But he yes, he is. That's why I need him. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just saying, very happy to have you on today, and just really excited to see more people kind of get get in tune you know you're such a dope rapper i just like the attitude and just how you approach your craft so appreciate you coming Thank on you, man. man and I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to be on a podcast i actually listen to that's dope i'm happy to hear that <laughs> take care man peace peace i'm like a leg on head but 
I'm your Kubian. Listening to the Doobie Brothers sipping brew again. Bubble out the trailer like Ricky and Julian. Maneuvering with no ride, I'm Ubering. My bitch like Jubilee, she jubilant. You need tutelage. This game I've been a student in. I'm too rudimentary. You got me acting rude again. I'm nasty. I'm using spit as lubricant. She acting choosy. While the little boozy spin. The top falling down. The roof is on roofing. The industry not rape culture. My label's trying to. So there we have it, another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just wanna keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace. Peace.